Welcome to Sir Reginald's Monocle, the Umbrella Academy podcast. My name's Toby Shaver. I'm here, as always, with my brother Dave. What's up, Shavy D? Excited to be here, Toby. Episode 10. Yeah, Wrapping so it up. This is the big one. This is the big finale episode. And man, what a show this has been. I'm kind of sad to see it. O- it's over, but uh, man, it ended in a big way. So we're going to go through it all. So let's get your first initial reactions, Shavy D. Now, this time, unlike the other episodes, we've had a chance to both watch the show a couple times now. So uh, what's your overall reaction to, to uh, the final episode? Just fantastic. I, I can't wait to get into the specifics. But, you know, one of the thoughts I had in general was just the idea that I, I think we've even spoken to it a few times, but the they've the ability within an episode to, you know, work that each individual scene up to a, a point where there's a form of revel excuse me form of resolution and then a an amazing setup to what comes next they're able to do that not only from scene to scene but then they do it as in the arc of that particular episode and one of the things that i just found amazing is they've now achieved it in the arc of the entire season so that's a a, a theme on each, each of these almost macro to micro levels and uh, just loving it. I mean, just it just is fitting together and, you know, so many things are paying off and, and, and resolving in ways that you're just so pleased with, but then you're just also, you know, your head's spinning with thoughts of, you know, what's coming next and, and you know, what are our potential hidden motivations between and and behind actions and uh, just good stuff. Just didn't, uh, they, they certainly ended on a strong note. So as this episode starts, we're at Ben's funeral. So this is in what? 2006, I believe. Is that correct? Or what, I, I think that, like that yeah. 16, 17 years old at that point. Um, and, you know, all the kids are, it's, you know, obviously a rainy day because, you know, it's a TV funeral. Uh, all the kids are gathering around and Pogo's po there and mom's there. And he's like, okay, your dad's ready to give the eulogy. And Sir Reginald just gives the douchiest eulogy <laughs> in history where, you know, and obviously I, I would not be... It's so arrogant to quote him, so I'll just paraphrase. Basically, he's just saying, look, the world's a tough place, you know, and there's evil out there, and fortunately there's special people that will step up and and fight that evil and hopefully eventually eradicate it, and unfortunately none of you are those people. (laughs) (laughs) You have shamed the family. You've let him down. You let him die. And, you know, Uh, we're going to take the day off, but, you know, you guys need to remember how this feels. Oh, so never let it happen again. Oh, it was so good. So good. I mean, those young actors so channeled each of the older, you know, how the older actors are portraying those characters. I mean, 
the the little bit of outburst from Allison, the angry, hurt, sad, but trying to be stoic Luther, you know, all that. Diego standing right by mother, you know, all of it. Obviously, it's just just amazing, Vanya. But then uh, Klaus, just the oh my god, it, it, he was it, it was like in like Forrest Gump, how like Tom Hanks and the kid that played young Forrest, like they really there was there oh, was flashes. Yeah, he kind of channeled him a yeah. little. So yeah. <laughs> the. Uh, as Sir Reginald's going through his eulogy, when he basically makes the turn from kind of that where you think maybe he's being a little bit positive to, oh, there he is, you know, there's Sir yeah. Reginald. That look on young Klaus's face, and he kind of almost does that half nod of, oh, there it is. There we go, yeah. Dad. You know, way to be. Yeah. It was just, uh, oh, <laughs> great way to, what a tone setter for this episode. So that was great. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, then after the funeral, you know, everybody kind of, as he says, you know, you have the rest of the day off in honor of your brother. And, you know, classes resume 6 a.m. tomorrow. Um, and then they have, you know, a little fighting amongst themselves about, you know, obviously same old stuff with Vanya. You know, you're not even there. And, uh, you know, just as, as we know, kind of how that relationship between the siblings was at that point. And then everybody goes their separate ways, and Klaus is is on his own, and he's trying to trying to power up, and you know trying to do something. And then we see Ghost Ben make what I'm assuming was his first appearance at that point, you know, because he seemed he seemed yep. a little surprised. Oh, I got him here, here he is. Um, and that was that was a really sweet moment to see that you know he was kind of scared to go into the light and Klaus certainly, you know, didn't want him to not be there anymore. So Klaus was glad to have his brother back, but, uh, you know, it, it was, it was kind of sad in a way because you saw for the first time really that, you know, Ben could have just gone on to his reward at that point. You know, it was a choice that he made and, you know, kind of at Klaus's, urging basically saying hey you can go anytime you know i know this stuff i'm the i'm the expert on death or whatever yeah i like the fact that they you know obviously that that was what they were going for you know that was the emotion they were trying to elicit from us as the audience the the idea that uh you know he was right at the precipice and you know basically for all intents and purposes klaus is just like no you know come and play with me I, i i don't i'm not i'm not ready for you to be gone and, you know, we're left feeling as if, you know, maybe that cost him some sort of, you know, uh, ability to get there at that point. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it, it, it feeds on the, maybe things were left a little unresolved with Klaus, um, which I think is important, obviously, to, to scenes that come later, but, uh. But yeah, that was not, that was a yeah that was a nice uh, another nice tone setter early. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know after that super dysfunctional depressing family scene from the past, we're back in 1963 and everybody's just kind of gathered after the whole Kennedy assassination and 
they're kind of laying low because now we're finding out that they're wanted criminals. They're expected of being terror, suspected of being terrorists. And, you know, I love the scene where it's showing, you know, the report on each of them. He's a, he's a bare knuckle boxer named King Kong. And Diego's uh, a Cuban. uh, What is he? A Cuban, not a Cuban immigrant. What is he? A Cuban something. I I can't remember. Defector or something. I don't know. Something like that. I can't remember how they put it, but I love that. Like after they said the thing about, um, uh, about Luther, you know, like just Allison like looks at him and is just about to be like King Kong or like you know question him on that because I don't know if she knew necessarily that he's been doing the pit fighting or whatever, but then she pops up on the screen and is like right. the you know civil rights activist responsible for the riots or whatever, and it's, it was just crazy. It's a great scene, and then of course the best is they have only the sketch. Of the cult leader known as Klaus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> cult leader and known tax evader. <laughs> it's perfect. It's it just sets it well, it, it and it's so it plays so well in that scene because it just boom 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 gives you the quick laundry list and they just the the very next thing is them each stepping into the arg back into the arguments. You know? Right, right. And uh Oh, and then of course we forgot they say they show five and say this is the kid that's suspected of being kidnapped, you know, held held captive. All right, and he's like, "Yeah, I kind of am. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of here against my will." <laughs> so, and uh, so yeah. that kind of kicked the, kicked this lighten lighten things up a little bit to get the episode going, which was nice. I I enjoyed that. Um, so. You know, as they're trying to figure out what to do and, and kind of arguing about it, um, you know, Vanya realizes that she's got to go to Harlan. You know, some, there's something going on there. She doesn't really know what exactly what's happening. But she goes to the family and says, look, for the first time, I'm scared to do this alone. I need your help. You know, I got to go to the farm and, and help this kid. I'm the only one that could help him. And basically, they all are just like, no, no, we got that. What we're doing now is more important. We can't help you, which, you know, seemed a little weird that they all did that. Um, you know, I could see Diego. It made sense that he was like, look, this, you know, what we're doing now is the priority. Um, but I was kind of surprised that all the siblings kind of fell in line with that right away. But, you know, yeah, the, uh, yeah, it was because I, I don't. I think it was almost like um, reflex, you know, muscle memory. I mean, it's just the what idea. You thought like Luther would have been like, you know, oh, okay, I'll help you, Vanya, or you know what I mean? No, because I think ultimately they, you know, they're the the six of them, or well, without Ben, you know, the five of them are used to just dealing with stuff amongst themselves and they they almost that's why they go into the little bicker bickering sessions yeah. and whatever so it's like an you know that's fine vanya and it's not like they're even saying that they don't give a shit about her but they're basically kind of like you know you're not a super you know you're not you your problems are trivial compared to what we're trying to save the world go deal with your crap we're trying to, you know, yeah. let let the, let the adults deal with the with the big issues, and uh, yeah. and then obviously, 
you know, uh, you know, it's supposed to kind of, I think, you know, obviously it, it, it brings it out in, in Vanya, but then us as the audience as well, you know, it's just that, that, that sting of she's just now kind of starting to remember her, you know, get, regain her memories and, and have some footing in, in knowing who she is. And now one of the first interactions with the family is right back to that, you know, she's kind of a throwaway yeah. member type of thing. So, so yeah, I, I liked how they established that. Well, basically it was a short, I don't know. It just seemed weird because like it, it basically turned right around to they all end up helping her anyway. So, you know, basically it facilitates this moment where, you know, she goes off to, to uh, head off to the farm. But before she goes, Klaus kind of jumps in and, and uh, they have a sweet moment, you know, where he, where she, he asks her, you know, if, you know, I, they never really discuss this on screen, but he's like, so Ben's gone for good, huh? And um, he asks her if she, if Ben mentioned anything about him. So she has the opportunity to tell him, as you remember from episode nine, when Ben kind of whispered something, but we didn't get to see what, hear what it was. Um, and what, what exactly does she tell him that Ben said? She basically just says that, let Klaus know that I was afraid to go to the, I, I, yeah, I don't even think I wasn't ready. I think it was, I was afraid to go to the light. And then he kind of laughs and says, oh, you little shit. All this time I thought I, I. It wasn't because you told me not to. Yeah. Right. Right. So it was, uh. Yeah, I thought that was great. I thought that was exactly, you know, I I liked that, you know, it, there was a it was a carryover from last episode, but I like that they resolved it early in this episode, and it was very, it was used to really put us in that familia type of mode, and then you know that's when the other the other uh, siblings start you know coming out to. To, to pile in the car and uh and decide yeah. to 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 go with her um i love that too i love making you know five making klaus get in the back children children sit in the back yes exactly <laughs> well and 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 before and yeah and then uh luther jumps in the very back and he's like yeah. uh, no fat you know if anybody makes any fat jokes i'm, I'm out of here but uh <laughs> But what I like too about that is as a, as I've spoken about, I think maybe even more than once, but the idea of the, the reloading the gun, the idea of, of if you play that reflexive reaction to her, to Vanya's needs by the rest of the siblings, she's gone out to the car, you know, there's a second for Klaus to, you know, basically track her down and, and she's delayed by their little conversation. But in that time, that's when, you know, everybody coming out to the car is now in their black gear and their, you know, but more their version of the 63 superheroes outfits. And they're right, not okay. prior to that, you know, so you've got to sure. like, they've all got to go to the farm together, but there's got to be, that wouldn't fit this show if they all said, hey, you know, let's gear up and, and saddle up and ride or something like that. You know, right. so it just was very, um, again, 
they do a good job of, of making it very organic how, how things happen and, and it puts them in the in the right situation with the right tools to really come at at these at these you know otherworldly situations. So pretty awesome. All right. So all right, so they all head off to the farm. Um, and when they get there, this you know, all the light is still kind of coming out of the cracks of the barn and everything and sissy basically comes at him with a shotgun is like what did you do to my son you know he's doing the same you know he killed carl you know he's doing the same thing that you did to the cops out on the road what the hell happened here and she kind of talks her down a little bit i guess and says look these are my these are my brothers and sisters you know and i uh like obviously sissy feels like she lied to her at this point but you know she didn't really she didn't know any of this she had amnesia so i think she's able to talk her down pretty quickly and you know say hey look i'm the only one that can help your kid you know good luck i'm i'm the white freaking violin you know mm-hmm, you right. need me in there you need me in that barn you want me in that barn yeah that was kind of the that was the one bittersweet moment in this episode for me was the I came to the realization that that's what's been off for me this season is her um she's so nailed the you know depressive repressed um trying to get her bearings Vanya of season one I mean she just it was amazing she knocked it out of the park and I don't think she's ever found her footing this season with that character. I, I, it really came to light because I felt like there was almost something off with the, maybe in the scenes where it's uh, her and Sissy, but then Sissy, when she confronts them with the shotgun or with the rifle or whatever she's got, um, I mean, I was just, she was there. I mean, in her eyes alone, she would, I mean, so it wasn't, you know, it's not been her. It's not been these other things. Um, and then when she come, when they, you know, when she kind of talks sissy down, gets her to lower the weapon, says, I'm the only one that can help, and jets into the barn, as she, that whole scene where she's, you know, starting to subdue uh, Harlan, you know, because he's kind of basically, in the, this light that we see emitting through the top of the barn is basically him inside the barn floating with the, you know, the, this, this energy around him. Um, and she comes, you know, comes in, eyes turn to the white violin. She steps in, in through the force and, uh, and starts talking him down before, you know, the, the, the awesome action of the rest of the episode kicks in. But the, there's just, there's something in the dynamic, you know, and partly it's there's got to be some natural awkwardness because that obviously the Harlan character is is, is portrayed as an autistic child or, or, or on some sort of spectrum, um, so that's you know that's going to be hard enough to play or incorporate. But I, there's just been this something's just been off, and that that scene right there in this episode absolutely exemplified it for me. Um, 
nothing no nothing remotely like a deal breaker no, again like i said she was exactly what vanya was supposed to be in season 1 and i you know it just it, it just sometimes you know things just qu- don't quite fit the way you know they should and and uh, yeah. that that was the little bit of awkwardness i feel but anyway as she's doing that Obviously, the rest of the siblings are there, and yeah, and then they see uh, Lila and the Handler show up in oh, the field. Baby, so you know, obviously, it's go time. We're in the end game now. Hey, absolutely. Um, so, you know, five and Diego, or well, obviously, five's gonna gonna go out and talk to her, and Diego insists on on going as well. So they go out there and. Kind of are having a little chat, and she lets Five know that they're there to eliminate him for, for the crimes of, uh, or for the crime of assassinating the board of directors, and you know Lila makes it clear that she definitely still thinks that Five killed her parents. I mean that's not clear to Five at this point, but it's clear to us watching that she still, still believes that uh, he's her parents' killer. So it's getting intense now. But then uh, the handler summons you know basically blinks in this just massive army of agents well it answers the question and we had the debate in the other well it wasn't really debate but like when she's at the end of the episode where she called everybody back at the end of episode nine where she said you know call everybody back from the field we're going to war Remember we discussed, to me, that rang as a bunch of Hazels and Cha-Chas. And you thought that it might be like that militarized version that we saw, like at the commission with like the, the gear. And I stuff, imagined but... it would be everybody. I imagined it would be yeah. like agents, the military, like even some of the like, right, executive, yeah, you know, the desk people. Seven. Like I, I just saw war as that way. But. Yeah, no, I mean, before it even got to that part, that whole scene, like, because first of all, they're all, the six of them, or the five of them are standing in the, the, the window as they see the two of them, as they see the handler and Lila out in the middle of the field, and they're like, who's that? And they're like, it's the handler and uh, Diego's girlfriend. <laughs> and uh, five's like, let me go talk like to him Luther's or whatever. Like, and, Luther's like, and which one's his girlfriend? That later they did, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. when they were out in the field. I was going to get to that, but the uh, but as they get there, they they're confronting them, and uh, he, yeah, she's basically like, uh, "Well, we're here to to eliminate the people that are responsible for the, for the killing the, you know, the the board members." And uh, you see five get that look on his face, and Diego's like, "Well, that's ridiculous. You know, that's not anything to do with us." And Five's like, well, you know, and Diego gives him that look, that Diego look. Um, but, yeah, that's when Lila kind of, you know, throws out a threat to Five, and we know that she's ready to just go go medieval on his ass. And uh, and then Diego's like, well, what about me? And she's like, you're not even worth it. You know, and she kind of just goes back to staring at Five. And, and that's when, uh, and I don't remember now if it was Five or Diego, but they're like, well, uh, you know, don't you, you know, think the odds are, in our favor, it's like you know seven seven to two or whatever, and uh, she's like, yeah, that's that it that it, I don't like those odds or whatever she does, and then like you said, she snaps her yeah. finger, and all of a sudden, I mean, there's literally like five thousand of them, and I love it because oh, they all got ridiculous. the different like you know animal masks on and the yeah, you know, yeah. they're 
they're they're exactly the the Hazel and Cha Cha teams. So uh, yeah, and they're like they're in like pairs of two, and right. like each has a briefcase for every two of them. And right. yeah, it was awesome. It was it was a very cool visual, and I, I also love we didn't we didn't talk about it, but um, you know initially when they're kind of debate before they go off to head for the farm when they're debating it. I love when Diego, when five finds out that Diego was up at the commission and being headhunted and everything. And, you know, he's like, he's like, I got things going on that none of you even know about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Diego is just so he's my breakout star. You know, Klaus was my boy last season and Diego's definitely my, you know, he's, 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 he's raised it to a whole new level this season. But, uh, yeah. yeah, as a matter of fact, I don't know exactly when it fits into the, uh, uh, the scene, you know, exactly. Cause obviously, you, you know, there's a, a, a battle ensues, you know, you know, now that, now that, uh, that, that everybody's on the, on the, on the field, uh, but <laughs> I know at one point, uh, Diego get oh yeah okay well we can wait it comes later I was... well I was just, that's what I was going to talk about next basically all hell breaks loose Vanya's still in the barn trying to you know basically power down Harlan and uh, the agents charge you know and they go after him five and uh, and Diego just take off running um, he kind of blinks him blinks him out of there, but they get to where they're undercover and five doesn't have the juice. He starts to go to like blink him out of there and he's tired. So we find that out that, you know, five's powers run low. It's not just this unlimited ability to just, yeah, that's happened a couple of times himself around. Yeah. So, you know, his, his stamina is low, so he can't get him out of there, but we see Diego in the most badass yeah. matrix move we've seen out of Diego you know, since he has the power over projectiles, turns out it's not only his own because he just turns and just stops this wall of bullets and just so well done. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen the stop bullet trick now in, in movies, but the way they did this with all of them and then him just like redirecting it all to, to the tractor or whatever it was he blew up, but it was just beautiful. I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm so glad you pointed that out because not only from a, you know, I want to stand up and and clap for the actual visual effects guys because just the idea, you know, how they came, you know, were almost vibrating as he was holding them, you know, and then they they get thrown off into the, into the, uh, the wagon. But what a facial portrayal by yeah. Diego. I mean, just the, yeah. oh yes. Perfect. Just perfect. You know, cause you're, 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 I mean, you're truly playing make believe when that's happening. That's all, that all yeah. comes after, you know, there, you know, so that's, yes, it the timing was right on and it just looked really, you know, like it looked like he was taken to the full extent of his capabilities. David Castaneda. What we a always kick ourselves breakout star. Kick ourselves for not having the actors' names. So this time we came prepared so that we can give give credit where credits due. They um, they yeah, deserve David it. David Castaneda, that young man is uh, going places. Outstanding. Um, Outstanding. Work. So 
so obviously that gives them the time, you know, that they need to to get out of there. But man, it's just, it was just a beautiful scene. So, um, now does it go right to Vanya from there? I can't remember what what happens in the yeah. Basically, at that point, the um, you know. The, the the agents like it, it, the offensive is still starting from that side and um oh okay that's yeah that's exactly what happened vanya has basically brought harlan kind of back down energy wise he's kind of she's grounded him they're starting to kind of bring down the energy levels a little bit all of a sudden the flurry of bullets starts coming in through the barn uh from all the agents one of them you know, hits them between where they're standing and they both get thrown in different directions. Harlan goes down into the lower part of the barn, uh, I believe where Sissy is, and then, uh, or no, she ends up heading down there at, at that point. And then Vanya's still up top with Sissy. Sissy's like, what happened? Where's Harlan? She's like, downstairs, go down, go down to him. Uh, I'm going to go handle this or what i don't know she tried to I'm gonna go, she said i'm gonna go end this i'm gonna go end this yeah which is was my second part of this episode that left me a little wanting <laughs> because i didn't like the schwarzenegger-esque one-liner i didn't think it was really appropriate for this show and again at this point maybe i'm reading a little bit into it because i just haven't i've just not jived with 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 how she's done her, how she's portrayed Vanya this this season, but also from a a showrunner or writer perspective, I just have a slight question on the, you know, if her powers have evolved, then her powers have evolved, and I can be comfortable with that. But there's been almost no uh emphasis on the fact that it's a sound into energy type of thing like for instance the idea of like even if they just would have acknowledged that all of the you know type of thing of the bullets allows her to swell up and put that energy out but like now it seems like every time she's she's on if you will it's that kind of glowing bluish white around the center of her core and it's almost like a smoky wave type of thing that's emitting from there as a matter of fact i'll I'll make the point when when we get into the the big twist in this in this scene but i think in the early in last season they went out of their way to show us what her how her power was focusing on something or what it was kind of drawing from sound wise and it's kind and of they've gone completely gone to just away from this it. other this could, other very vague you know I, I, generic wall of energy thing it's up it's it's, yeah, it's I see what it, you're saying. It, it, and it's and it's sad because it's really with the exception of the lake thing this season that was kind of cool and it related to the sound and stuff like that but, right because well, like i think you could actually hear the heartbeat in that scene that was right, like right. one time where they actually you know again if if that's not what it was going to be, then don't set it up that way. Or if it's evolved, I mean, we're all in. We, you know, just tell us what oh, we're, yeah. where we're at. So that's, again, in the grand scheme of things, it is not remotely a deal breaker. It's This has been one of the greatest shows, greatest seasons of, uh, like, the, of that kind of sci-fi, you know, comic-related entertainment I've seen in quite some time. So, oh, man. you know... 
no, in no way has does that completely erase anything. But again, well, whatever. Go ahead. Again, so she basically says, you know, I'm going to end this. Um, amidst the, the you know the giant wave of her energy, knocks out all the agents. Uh, the uh, the uh, brother, the siblings start to kind of celebrate, say, "All right, you know, great, you know, the whatever." And then the uh, I think usually it's Klaus, so it's probably Klaus in this one, but looks out and sees that there's a blue glowing uh, like orb of energy, and they're like, "What's going on?" And they look out, and basically uh, the handler and uh, Lila are still good to go, untouched. Yeah, right like just as the they say that, it kind of peels away. You know, it kind yep. of peels away their shield, and you know, and with the benefit of a you know second and, and third viewing, they did such a nice job of you know when Vanya was decimating that field, and you know all the agents were going down. Ba- agents were going down basically the same way the cornfield went down when the Swedes were after earlier in the season, um, but. Uh, they did a good job at making sure they showed that little yeah, orb. Yeah, I noticed it both times I watched you know, it. I didn't notice it the first time I watched it, but when I went back, you know, they did a good job at Yeah, you know, yeah I'm a sucker the for continuity. the sci-fi side. Sure. Yes, I love the, side, they, I should say. the details. The details. Yeah, amen. They, have, they could have not showed that angle. They could have just left that out and just shown different angles and stuff, but they made sure. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, it was beautiful. So they see that she's still out there and then... Uh, you know, the handler just kind of turns to Lila and is like, your turn. Oh, my God. And she basically goes white violin eyes, raises up, yeah. powers up in the middle of her chest, and lets off a, a, a burst of energy right back at him. Literally um, the identical move that Vanya just did. I lost my shit, Toby. It was yeah. awesome. It was Peter Petrelli from Heroes. Uh, that's exactly what I Dude, thought. She's Peter one of my Petrelli. favorites of, of you know <laughs> recent times. Dude, so rock solid, just great. Um, and you know, it's funny because I the actress that portrays Lila. Yeah. Um. That is Ritu Arya. Okay. She does this wonderful job with this character of having a, you know, a somewhat somber look coupled with this. It's not really mischievous so much as it is almost like a on the verge of an awkward laugh. It's awesome. I love how that is with her. And basically as she goes into, as Lila goes into, to basically try to take out the team, you know, take out the the umbrella Academy. um, As she's confronting each of them, there's this, that really comes to the forefront. And I love it because it's, it's not a, 
wicked savagery, like where you're, you know, smirking at, at your prey type of thing. It's a very much a, you know, she's almost still kind of feeling out what she's capable of. And so she's, oh, dude, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that okay. up because I get, I give huge props to the actress cause she plays that moment so well. And I particularly noticed that like it's throughout the whole scene, but that moment where she reverse rumors Alice yes. and stops her from breathing. She plays that moment so well because she, you're, you're a right. great example not, of what I'm talking about. It's not yeah. menacing, but it's this, holy shit. I've never done that before. That's a cool power. Like every time she, you know, assumes Absolutely. someone's power, it's, she's probably never assumed a power of somebody who can rumor someone. So that's the first time she does it. So even though the evidence of what she just did is this other woman, you know, the sister of your boyfriend laying there choking to death, she can't help but like giggle a little bit and be like, holy shit, that that's a cool that's a cool one. I'm gonna have to do that one again, you know? Right. I, well, I just love the way she played that with her face. Absolutely. That I mean you're you're touching on exactly what I was what I was speaking of and and what level I would take that to is that for instance, real early in this season where she comes and we first find out she's the daughter of the handler, and the handler has all those files laying out on her bed. So we know that Lila has been properly trained and informed on this team that she's confronting at present time. Having said all of that, until she's actually executing these powers on the fly, she doesn't understand the sensation that will go her, through her body right. as she's experiencing <laughs> these, thing, these things. And that's what that look spoke, spoke to for me. And so I'm, yeah. I'm glad that you saw it as well. Um, I'm glad you saw it too because I, I I thought it was so cool because it, it's such a a fine line there because it can't yeah. be it can't be gleeful because this is a character Absolutely. that we want to be redeemable you know sooner yes. or later sooner than later you know as we'll see as this episode goes forward but um, you know we don't we don't want her to be a dark dark villain you know but she has to have some of some like glee in that moment you know or not you know some sensation and just i mean she crushed it there i love that scene yep. um so but i'm glad you said peter petrelli too because obviously i mean anybody who's seen heroes obviously is gonna think that right away but uh i mean what a cool power and you know a as with any you have to have it can't be an unstoppable one so they they kind of rightly assume that she can only use one at a time, you know, which makes sense. Um, right. And but yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and well, before, before we move on, before we go too deep into that battle, I also wanted to point out, I loved um, like when Lila first does that big blast and blows everything to hell. Um, I love that in the adrenaline, like in that moment, Klaus is yelling for help. And then basically he just summons two ghost firemen that catch him yeah. right before he hits the ground. Like you see his fists go a little bit and the, then all of a sudden they're there catching him. I, I think they were old West guys in like duster jackets. Cause they were in the middle of like a prairie. 
oh, they struck me as like firemen doing like a, you know, catching somebody like jumping no. like out of a building or whatever. But may, you may be right because of the setting. And I think that, that's that why he grabbed the cowboy hat sense. at the very end. Oh, okay. Okay. I was going to ask you about the cowboy hat because that now it's that the only thing I could think of. It's the only thing I could no, because I don't to- think it, that totally makes sense. I mean, the that only totally other reason would be for fashion. And I think that would just be cheesy to break into that scene for a. Uh, just an accessory that he wanted to grab. I think no, that makes sense. Something. I just saw it different because, like, in ghost form, you know, yeah. they would have looked... Because, you know, how like a, with a fire helmet, like, For sure. big coats. Yep. So, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that checks that off my list because when we get, get around to the end, I was going to ask you, I felt like that cowboy hat thing was significant that somehow I missed, you know, the meaning of it. But now that totally makes sense. So, all right. Um, so again, man, me and my just theories that freaking go nowhere you know um <laughs> that one wasn't even a theory that one was just a observation uh, no but, i, I uh, we've done remarkably well this season I, with our theories i, I i'm surprised yeah the important, theory, the important have theories have paid off yes the important predictions have have been pretty uh pretty good and continued but, um, to do I, so in this episode for the most part as well so that it was awesome Great season. I, I loved um, I loved Luther and Lila, you know, squaring off when she's like, yep. I'm, you know, I'm five's buried under the rocks at this point, but uh, you know, she's like, I'm here to kill your brother, and Luther's like, Yeah, Diego can be tough to deal with. It's understandable. Yep. <laughs> I just love the way he's like, he's like so earnest about it. <laughs> oh, for so. sure. Oh, Luther. Oh my God, <laughs> he's such the great straight man. You know, such the yeah, yeah, the. Uh, you know, he, he's like, no, well, I can't let you do that. Goes to punch her. Um, she not only stops the punch, but then starts kind of squeezing his knuckles. He's like, how are you able to do that or whatever? Gives him the, kind of almost a panic look. She throws him through the wall, then does the rumor, you know, right back at rumor. Uh, actually, they have a nice little hand-to-hand fight scene I was going to say, before that, I yeah. liked seeing them square off it, a little bit. I, I respect that. I'm glad they gave that to uh, uh, Allison as well as to Lila. You know what I mean? Because Allison, yeah. obviously, that's an awesome power, the rumor power, but she is so much more than that. I mean, she's she's a badass you know, fighter in her own right, and they've, they've already established that So for the, for, the, for the overall scene. Plus, it just adds to what Lila had to overcome as well. So again, it just is a great enhancement for both those. But uh, great thing with the whole rumor reflection type of thing, like we talked about. Uh, then uh, Five gets out of the bricks and appears up in the window. They battle it out. Um, and she's pretty much, well, at this point, they're in the house. And as their battle as their battle progresses, uh they end up in the barn and then kind of out of the barn. And by this point, the handler has moved into the barn. But at this point now, Luther, Luther, Klaus, uh, Allison, and, and that move over to help Diego, who's pinned under a, a, a tractor that got right. flung over in the initial blast. And... Uh, I don't. I don't remember now exactly how. I think basically Lila now goes to to check on the handler, and so then five now is with it, with everybody, and they free <laughs> Luther frees Diego from out from under the trailer, and he gets up, and when he guts up and jumps up and says, "Team Zero, did you catch yeah. that?" Yeah, the uh, high five. <laughs> oh my God. 
Oh, I just love Diego. This was his season. This so was awesome. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. And then the handler. Then right after that, we see the handler going downstairs to to where Harlan is. And I just love, you know, Sissy, like, steps up, you know, Mama Bear, and is like, who the hell are you? And she's like, I'm his new mama. Oh, <laughs> my God. Cold coxer. For sure. She's well, just such an amazing character. It's so funny because I I, 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 lo- I appreciate that, too, because you're right. That happened right before the Diego scene. Um, but... <laughs> She not only says that, but it kind of it, it it to me it spoke to the quality and to to some of the 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 attention to detail that we've grown to like so much in the show is remember I had that slight bitch about how much I kind of liked the bingo scene like you did, but I didn't like how she got up and said you know you old shit bags or whatever. Yeah, and I thought that was yeah, just a yeah. kind of a cheesy line. Well, yeah. it was the exact you know, wavelength of cheese that the I'm his new mama now or whatever was. So I'm so comfortable with that. I'm so glad. Like, I almost like when a show, knowing they're going to resolve it, throws something out there that leaves you, you know, gives you pause and something like, you know, is like, you know, it's whatever. And then you're like, oh, my God. They are fucking irredeemable fucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Well, and then, like, to, to make, yeah, the handler even more despicable, then she's like, she's like, oh, yeah. You know, she's saying to, to Harlan, like, oh, I, I'm going to love you. You don't even talk. That's, like, the best kind of kid or whatever. Yeah, Something exactly. to that effect or whatever. Exactly. It's like, this, this woman is despicable. <laughs> exactly. So... So that's basically at that point after that little scene right there is when the the dust had settled just enough where everybody goes out and helps Diego. He jumps up, mm-hmm. says the team zero, and um, yeah. <laughs> and then they start to kind of put two and two together and figure out, hey, wh- how is she capable of doing that? Yeah, you know, oh, she seemingly mu- for the first time ever, they're realizing that there might be other kids out there that he wasn't able to adopt or whatever. That's exactly what I was going to say. So yeah. that I love that. And that yeah. sets up. It's uh, a little weird. Like in retrospect, they must be thinking a little, oh, well, we probably could have assumed that that was probably the case, you know. But uh, yeah, but but I think that I'm glad I'm glad that she that Allison, for instance, in that scene verbalized just the fact that kind of reminded us as the audience. Yeah. You know, you know who our old man is. He's capable of keeping anything (laughs) from us and maybe even twisting it where, you know. And now more than ever, they have even more information about how kind of crazy and how deep into high level stuff Sir Reginald's into. What levels he's willing to go, right? Yeah, they know more about the old man now, even though it's still very mysterious, but they know about his importance to world affairs more now than they ever have known. Anyway, so yeah, you're right. They realize that, that you know, she's essentially, you know, one of them, or she could have just as easily been one of them. <laughs> and that's when Diego's like, but she's not related. Or how does he say yeah, it? Yeah, she's not blood related. She's not blood related. <laughs> yeah. God, I love Diego. Yeah, the, uh, oh my God, so good. So they basically, they, you know, and then it cuts from that scene and they've, you know, they're going to, to 
confront her. You know, she's, uh, uh, is she fighting? Yeah, that's, she's fighting five when they come into the barn and, and Diego talks her down and, you know, starts to, that's how that, cause that's. Yeah, well, and five starts to, five starts to kind of say, you know, he explains kind of his side of the story that, well, when we find out that five actually did kill her parents but that it wasn't um you know because when they showed that flashback before remember we talked about like i thought it might be hazel or whatever that was in the in the shop but it turned out it was actually five that did it but the order came from the handler and he explained that normally she didn't go out on jobs um you know but this one she was there and you know you need to ask yourself why that would be and everything exactly so you know that's enough to at least slow her down you know yeah she starts to have that slight indecision and then diego comes in and and just really you know gives a heartfelt speech about you know him being able to understand how what it's like to love dangerous people and uh the difference is is that uh those people love him back and the handler doesn't love her and uh and uh you know she kind of she wells up and and um well and luther almost blows it in the middle where he butts in and is like love shouldn't have to hurt this much <laughs> yeah and she's like <laughs> <laughs> luther oh my god that is such that is <laughs> allison rolls her eyes klaus is like oh, yeah, whatever. yeah that's great but uh yeah so then diego just keeps keeps at it and just opens up his heart and is just so Diego and they, you know, softens her and, and, uh, and they're pretty much there. And she's basically, you know, they're offering to welcome, welcome her into the family with open arms. And, and, uh, it, you know, there's heart, hearts are welling at that point. And then lo and behold, yeah. the handler then walks in. All of a in. sudden it's just a freaking bloodbath. She comes in with the submachine gun and, just blow i mean headshots just across the board and just like takes everybody out you know basically in 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 one assault and lila's just standing there just like in the in the carnage yep which was crazy you know obviously in a show like this you know that you know there's time travel involved i mean you know that the entire cast of the show did not just get taken out but none permanently, I should say. But nonetheless, it was an awesome twist and very jarring, and I did not see that coming at all. Well, and and the great part of it again is that whole blue balling, like we've talked about yeah. in that episode from the other, you know, season with the, you know, the day that wasn't. I mean, yeah. as, as as much as you know, they've they've had you like know, they lo- had her. They brought her into the family. Absolutely, like she, she was. They, she was they've literally dealt with like they've a dealt with the loss being... and trauma. Yeah. They've come out the other side. They're they're basically stepping into healing mode. And fuck it, the handler's gonna screw that all up, or you know, uh, karma or, or the powers that be, or whatever you want to say. But long story short. Uh, you know, after she kind of gets her wits back about her, uh, Lila, she's like, "Are what they are was what they were saying true?" You know, and did you yeah. even ever love me? And uh, yeah, and she's kind of you know moving towards her as they're talking, and then 
You kind of see it in her eyes. She just resigns herself, and she brings her arm up well, like love, she's got I a love, knife. Well, before wait before before that though, I love that when you know Lila's immediate like is what five said true. She doesn't miss a beat, and she just said says uh, I need to know we can get past this. Yes, yes, that was a great line. <laughs> not, yes. not I'm glad, yes you, I'm or glad no, you stopped. Sorry about your that, parents. That is a, that, I need to know we can get past this. <laughs> that does set the. That was a, te- a scene setter as far as. Uh, you know, obviously the motivation for, for uh, Lila to just say, screw it. And she makes the lunge and Handler's... That was like the Handler's one chance to say, look, I don't, won't necessarily like kill you if you tell me right now that now that you know all this shit, you will huh. still, you know, be my right hand. You know, we can get past it. But um, obviously Lila kept pressing the issue. <laughs> Yeah, the handler for Rightly all intents. So. <laughs> the handler for all intents and purposes was basically looking at her, saying "bygones" and shrugging her shoulders. You know, <laughs> exactly. You can take it or exactly. leave it. Whatever. And and Lila wasn't gonna. And uh, the handler blew her ass away as well. So yeah, uh, she kind of <clears> lunged for, her and then handler just kind of from the hip, just <laughs> absolutely, and cuts her short. And uh, yeah. and then five is basically on the ground. He's the only one still alive, and. Yeah. He's kind of squirming a little bit, and uh, Handler takes notice and starts working her way over there. And, you know, it's like basically, I'm glad. And in, in such Handler speech. fashion, you know, basically says, I'm glad you survived long enough to see, you know, me fuck everything up for you. And uh, is, you know, leans over him and is about to pull the trigger, taking, is about to take great satisfaction in finally ending five. And. Baby, the final Swede comes in and mows her ass down. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, Which and they gave we didn't we didn't mention it, but we got a little foreshadow. Like when when uh, everybody decided to follow Vanya or go with Vanya to the farm, we saw the milk truck kind of following them out of town. So we knew we knew the Swede was in play. But with everything that went on, I had when I watched this the first time, I had completely forgotten him and all the excitement. Even though I knew he followed them to the farm, with all the shit that had just gone down, I was not—I had completely forgotten about the Swede. And then he pops in and 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 takes out the handler. It was beautiful. Yeah, I loved it. I actually was very much on the edge of my seat waiting for him. I was—I was, I was yeah, very I cognizant was of that, of waiting <laughs> for that. But that's the thing: is that for me, it added anticipation in a different way because it was the risk of is he going to come in and blow her away before five can do something about it and Mm. in a way he very much did because after the swede takes her out she's taken out and the swede even for a second entertains the idea of taking out uh five he's just the last one left and why not oh yeah um And then five has that that little. Well, he's men- about to, yeah. yeah. He very well probably would have taken five out. And uh, um, but and yeah, five, five kind of go goes into his memory, goes into TV memory land, and absolutely. starts thinking about uh, you know all the early conversations with Sir Reginald when he was first wanting to time travel and stuff, and Sir Reginald saying, "Look, you don't go decades; you start with seconds at a time, and and build build your way up and." You know, that's probably something that Five hasn't done very much of, just jumping seconds at a time, because he's a very, he's an overachiever. Well, you know? and, and in 
and in perfect, I wish I could remember the exact line now because it was a per, in perfect Reginald, Sir Reginald fashion that he conveyed that to him because it was, have you ever, it wasn't like try smaller. It was a line, something to the effect of maybe you're, appetite exceeds your abilities, you know, or something like that. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, you know, almost half insulting, half challenging, you know? So, uh, so yeah, so basically he, and I, and I like the effect in that scene. So basically he decides to jump, you know, a minute back instead of, you know, decades back. And yeah, by only going that short amount of time, the, the way they decided to do it visually is he kind of is, moving through that as as right. the, the, the the gunning down stuff is reversed yeah everyone else is reversing just exactly what their action was while he's independent of that kind of kind of it's kind of similar of the effect in the flash when he's when he's kind of in flash like time. going against the grain like to that. a degree yeah exactly yes. he's like swimming it, it was very like swimming it almost looked like he was like mm-hmm. around him looked like he made it look underwater, but uh, again, visual effects. I mean, they. This is a story and a character show, but when when they do the visual effects, they freaking nail it. Well, and and you know what? And I'm glad you said that about the effects in particular, because that was one of the things that I really liked about that choice in there was in every. You know, whether he's jumping in space or in time and whether he's going, you know, a few hours or minutes or decades, like in the early scenes, it's always the same kind of blinking through with the blue light. You know, whereas in this Mm -hmm. one, it really felt to me as the viewer as if he was, you know, having to hold, it was taking real effort on his part to to walk that fine line of going that slow to only jump that far so it really the effect not only looked cool as all of these people are in you know being rewound if you will as he's plowing through in a in a forward type of sense but you know even though he's a little bit obscured in the kind of the blue haze even even through that visually i i really felt that his face was conveying a, a a level of effort of you know this is new to me and and it's big yeah. stakes and i've got one chance at this and it better work and and i just yeah. loved it you know it was the difference of like you know clicking back one track like on a cd as opposed to dialing it back slowly, incrementally. You know, he was kind of like yes. just going back in time very slowly. Good analogy. Through to be, you know, at precision at an exact spot. But, uh, yeah, you're right. If, it, if that's a new power, you know, express that it's a new power. That's a lot of times where they came up short a little with Vanya, where she, if she has a power that, you know, she's just discovering, you know, they they probably could have reflected that a little bit more with her, but they did a great job here with five with it. So basically, he stop, he rolls it back like a minute or however long it is, um, and and is there like basically he's in position so that when the handler pops through this time, he just takes her out. Right as we as we've said before, by doing that new 
by you know exhibiting that new power, he has moved not only through sp- through time, but he's moved through space. So now, when everything goes back to that quote unquote you know minute before, he now is a minute before, but he's also not standing in the mix with the siblings anymore. He's standing right by the door. So when she comes in, he's able to grab the gun, flip her over and, uh, you know, disarm her. And that's, uh, so I do think it will end up being a new power, you know, perhaps or whatever. Or, yeah. or I, I, I guess I'm just wishful thinking at this point, but, but it was a, just a very new cool. wrinkle. Very on his cool. power. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so what I really liked about that is, so basically she's disarmed. So they all have the drop on her. So she's really kind of, you know, the threat has been taken away. So it allows for Lila, you know, who's just devastated, hurt, to ask her, you know, is, is what they're saying true? You know, did have you ever, you know, did she you... She asked, like, the same thing, like, as in the other timeline before it reversed. Basically says, is this true? Is what Five said true? Exactly. And, yeah. and the Swede steps in and offs her. And yeah. what I liked about that is... A, well, first of all, let me just, let's just finish that quick thing before, uh, before I make my comment, but basically he offs her and then kind of, uh, five is the one that has the gun that he took away from, uh, from the handler herself. So he's got the drop on the Swede. They're both pointing at the guns. Stand off for a quick second. Five kind of gives him the nod puts his gun out to the side, drops it. The Swede says, enough. The Swede looks at him for a second, does the same thing, and in Swedish says, enough. And, uh, you know, it's translated, and and he walks away. And so that, that basically wraps up that section of, of that scene. Now, having said that, to come back around, your comment about that she says she almost has a... a if not the exact same question, she has a very similar question for the handler. You know, did you really do this? Did you ever love me type of thing? And what I liked about that is when she then blinked out of there with, you know, basically everybody's like, grab the briefcase. And uh, yeah. Lila grabs it and blinks Lila out. Blinks you know, out she's obviously, it, yeah. you know, she's thrown all off by what just happened. But But again, going back to what we were talking about before, about how they it was reminiscent a little bit of that, that episode in the other season with the, the day that, that wasn't because there was this nice resolution and she, and she had kind of warmly been brought into the fold of the, of the siblings. Now, at least I took from that, the fact that she got ended by that the handler got ended by the Swede before she could answer that's going to leave Lila with indecision. She's going to have mm. questions in the back of her mind of, were they all just manipulating me or was the handler really? That will You're allow right. her to be potentially a, 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 an adversary in, the, in, in next season, but leave her coming from a place of hurt and damage enough where she's redeemable. So that's basically the last yeah. we see of Lila in this episode. Yeah, and you're right. That that was a smart way that they left that open by having the handler get killed before. I mean, all signs pointed to the fact that what Five was saying was true, and Lila was definitely uh, yep. 
you know, between Diego and everything, leaning towards believing it. But you can never uh, know. Without there's a seed of doubt. Yep. Seed of doubt. And I mean, the Umbrella Academy kids are certainly not known for their forthrightness and, and honesty. So it's not a trait they're known for. Right. So she has every, every reason to have some doubts. So, uh, so yeah. So after that, basically, that's kind of the, you know, the major, uh, I guess, conflict of the episode is kind of resolved at that point. But that's where it kind of, uh, the action may be resolved, but the interest is only, you know, uh, being peaked. But the. Indeed. As so the, Vanya kind of. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, as the dust is settling there, um, and we'll get into the Vanya and, and Harlan and Vanya and Sissy thing, but, uh, you know, because we're, at this point we're somewhat thinking that uh, Lila may have taken the, the briefcase, taken their way out, um, we now see uh, Herb and the the one gal uh, teleport in. Dot. Herb, yeah. Herb and Dot. Dot, thank you. Uh, they, they, they jump in. Um, into the middle of the field with all the agents laying around, and uh, and you see Five and Diego start to to head out there to talk to them. Yeah, so basically, Herb, uh, Herb and Dot are there, and you know, Dot was part of the resistance as well. But um, Herb says, "Look, the commission's in in disarray. You know, they're we voted to elect a new board of directors, but in the meantime." You know, I'm the I'm the acting, you know, whatever acting director yeah. of the board. So Herb's in charge, and you know, well, I love actually, I love when Diego and Five first walk up to him. Diego and Herb have a very elaborate handshake. Oh, it's awesome that that Five is just very confused by. It. You know, love the, it. Like did did not realize these two were that close, but uh, but it's awesome. So they're both like happy for him. Five's like, hey, you'll do a great job. Um, so. So it's good. So like we're resolving this part of it, knowing that, you know, the commission is is in the hands, at least right now, of people that are, you know, allies of of the Umbrella Academy. So so we're in a a good place as far as that goes. Right. And then, uh, you know, they basically kind of bring him up to speed and. Oh, yeah. They just basically, you know, it's like if you ever need anything, you know, just let us know. And they're like, well, we could we could use a briefcase. Um, to get us out of here <laughs> basically just kind of turns and looks at the field of agents just laying everywhere <laughs> in briefcases for every two agents there's a briefcase sitting there so he's like take your pick yeah, absolutely um so obviously they have have a ticket out of there <laughs> so yeah so at that point the uh you know as they're dealing with that the other ones are are uh in the barn and they're kind of witnessing uh vanya trying to to bring Harlan back down, you know, his energy levels and, and talk him back down. And, uh, and she's successful at that. But again, that just, it just, what didn't do, just didn't satisfy me very much. But then, uh, um, you know, basically the danger is gone and, and now we, uh, we have an opportunity to start jumping into different people resolving their stuff before it's, you know, it's time to go. And, uh, who is the actress that plays Sissy? Marin Ireland. Okay. I really, I mean, I, I was pretty pleased and pretty impressed with her all through this season. And, uh, you know, she, she's done well. And again, I, you know, and again, I'm not trying to t- 
totally pick on Ellen Page because I, I, I think she's a quality actress. I just think this season she's missed the mark a little bit with Vanya. But I just, I really liked most of their dynamic anyway. And this scene in particular really let the sissy character shine. You know, it really allowed her to you know, elaborate on her, some of her feelings and her, and her thoughts towards Vanya, but it also, you know, spoke to her misgivings and her, and her insecurities and, and, and it just was handled really well. And, uh, and I liked it. It was a nice, you know, basically over the next, you know, few minutes of the episode, a lot of the, uh, the different relationships that people have shared with the different characters in this, in this timeline, you know, come to their resolution. And I liked the tone that that one set right off the bat. Um, you know, followed by, um, after that, it went to the note. Um, it basically showed Ray in at home alone and he was listening to the events that had just transpired with Kennedy and stuff on the TV and, looks at the book that he had given uh, given Allison and something sticking out of the top of it and pulls it out and it's a note basically, you know, jokingly saying, you know, of course she'd get the last word in, but, uh, you know, just, you know, just giving that one last opportunity to, to talk about her feelings for him and, and what she's meant, what he's meant. And it just was beautiful. And, um, I don't think there was a word even spoken in the uh, scene where Klaus is, you know, just looking at the dog tags, kind of has that bittersweet smile. And you see Dave still with that back and forth indecision at the door of the bus, you know, going off to boot camp. Um, and I love that. And, and I know you, I just thought of you actually in this part when they wrapped up Luther with uh, Jack Ruby just getting pissed watching everything going down on TV, and Luther, yeah. Luther's calling, unable to to reach him to try to you know tell him hey you know <laughs> talk him down or whatever, and you see see him uh, you know looking at or picking up the gun at the at the end, Jack Ruby, and uh, you know so I just have loved how uh, we've talked about before just how how well they've incorporated the the reality with the fantasy and they really did a nice job, you know, facilitating that one last time, you know, at the end of this episode or, or near the end of this episode. So for real sure. happy about that. For sure. And then if you notice they, they did, um, it, it was a maybe happy ending for Dave because he was getting on the bus to go to the Marines instead of the army, which is where he went and died when he was with Klaus. So that was like a little wrinkle of how they, at nice. least some I did not pick up on that. Line. So that's kind of a nod to the fact that, you know, I mean, butterfly effect. I mean, just just the very fact of going there, that's going to put him a di- in a different theater of war. And it's going to be absolutely you know, just a completely different, different circumstance. So, yeah, it was nice. So like as like she's reading the letter, that's the voiceover over all these little, you know, vignettes, which was nice. And you see like Diego and Vanya kind of comforting each other yeah. a little bit and just kind of, you know, they're both both a little broken hearted. Um, it was just, it was a, r- a real nice kind of way to wind down 
you know, at the end of the season, we see Sissy and Harlan heading out of town or whatever, starting a new life. And yeah, yep, yep, I like that. And uh, yeah, and that was, I think, a little bit of fan service. The the scene with Vanya and Diego on the porch steps, because in the mm-hmm. comics, I mean, it's not like the sa- same level of attraction like between Luther and Allison, but it's. Uh, but I believe Diego has a, a bit of an attraction to Vanya. In the comics, so mm, I don't think that would ever fit in in this show in this version of them of the characters. But you know, again, oftentimes in these shows, they do such a great job of just tipping their hat to possibility, you know, possibilities and pathways that they just chose not to take. But yeah. fans of the source material will be like, "Oh, that's cool. I get you. I got you." I feel like Diego has a little bit of an attraction to any female that he spends more than 15, <laughs> 20 minutes with. I mean, if uh, yeah. if he had stayed in that orientation room any longer, he would be dating the facilitator <laughs> lady that was taking a nap. <laughs> he just he's a uh, he's a serial monogamist. <laughs> yes, well said, my brother. Yes, for sure. It's funny. I've, I've just loved his character. So, so anyway, so. Yeah. Uh, oh, and by the way, a little. I should have said, uh, um, as as Sissy and Harlan are driving out of town, we see Harlan in the back seat, and from the palm of his hand, he's like levitating like a little sparrow yep. thing. Um, so showing that that uh, the. The uh, Vanya stink doesn't wash off so quickly. You know, he's still got a little oh, bit of the geez. white violin yep. in him. Yeah, so so basically, you know, you feel like it's kind of wrapped everything up and, and you know, they're, they're ready to return. Yep. So they all kind of circle up, you know, around the their, their briefcase and get in there as a team. Nobody's bringing any husbands or... You know, lovers along. It's just the the core group, and and they beam back, and and we see them see them blink into the what looks like the dining room of of Sir Reggie's house. And then they uh, they're kind of looking around, and they see the painting. Now, what used to be was something five. in that. What was okay? That was five. Yeah, because five, okay, cause so five disappeared. Because like unlike the grave or the, the you know the the memorial out in the back to to. Uh, to uh, Ben, it was uh, five just disappeared. So they just they did that kind of memorial painting of him. In, in the... so I wonder. Well, anyway, so let's move forward then. So they're like, why is why is there a portrait of Ben there? And then uh, you know they look over and and see or Sir Reginald's sitting there, and he's like, "What took you so long?" Oh man, just and. He's in a different, like, he's dressed different than he, like, he's not the English dandy. I mean, he's still got the monocle, but he's, you know, he's definitely got a slightly different look to him. And yeah, so that will be, um, so yeah, so he basically says, yeah, I've been waiting for you. And, yeah. and they're like, yeah, we, uh, you know, we're, we're home or whatever. He's like, this isn't your home. And they're like, this yeah. is the Umbrella Academy. He's like, no, this is the Sparrow Academy. And uh, right. um, they turn around and they basically see um, 
some like shadowy figures come up on the on the balcony or the, the you know the the you know on the next level of the of the, the upstairs ledge, correct yeah and uh and then all of a sudden in front of him is uh ben like a, a slightly he looks a little younger to me like in that you know with the kind of because he's got like that unkept little mustache and stuff but you know, again, yeah. Sir Reginald well, he's, like looks, the, he's like their contemporary age as like Ghost Ben, but he's a little bit more disheveled and like, stuff. Because in the portrait they see, he looks very you know clean cut and like they are. But then when we see him and he comes out and he's like, "Dad, who the hell are these people?" And Sir Reginald yeah, himself yeah, looks a little more disheveled, so maybe that's a th- a theme in it. Um, I think it maybe is supposed to look like they're evil or something, but the. But he's yeah, he's like, Dad, who are these assholes or whatever he said. What does he say? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. But what got me is, I mean, already, obviously, it's just thrown everything on its ear and you know, I cannot wait for season three. But did you notice how the people up on the stairs, there were five shadow like humanoid, if you will, shadows, but there was also a green glowing box. So, if the Umbrella Academy is made up of seven people, if the Sparrow Academy ends up being made of, up of seven people, is that green box its own unique thing, or is it floating by someone who is, you know, like there's, I mean, just in that split second where I could just somewhat make out the the the, the frames of, I mean, again, I haven't like yeah. gone back and looked at anything like stop framed anything or whatever, but um, oh my god, I'm just like amped up with the ideas and the possibilities of where they can go and stuff like that. So, oh my goodness, that's such a great way to end it. Well, like, you got to remember, you know, everything comes around to like now in now in 1963. You know, alien or no, or whatever. I mean, we we don't we still don't really know necessarily if Sir Reginald. I mean, we have no reason to believe he has any access to time travel per se at this point. But what we know is whoever he is and whatever he is, there's now a 1963 version of him who is aware of the Umbrella Academy. So that changes everything moving forward in the timeline. Right. You know, if he's not a time traveler, then his whole arc could go a totally different way with the knowledge he has. Well, that was my assumption with what he when he said, I've been waiting for you, is that he knew that he'd come into contact with them all those years ago and he knew he would right. again but at some point. He just didn't know when. Yeah. But my thing is, is that what what it, it, excuse me. What instantly made my head spin was just the the concept and the idea of is Lila left as some embittered person that now has manipulated things and caused things to be the way they are? Did um, by sending five back as the older five for that you know that scene in the previous episode did that somehow throw things out of whack in the timeline? Like there's so many possibilities of how we've arrived at this exact second. And again, this amazing ability of this show to not only build you up, break you down, and leave you wanting, like in a good way, on the scene level, the episode level, and now the whole season level. I mean, when they, when Sir Reginald drops, drops the line on him, they look, they see the shadows, they see Ben, 
and I forget what he says exactly, but then they basically, the final line of the whole thing is the siblings all saying, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah ben, ben says, who the hell are these assholes? That's what Ben says. Right, and then, well, yeah, I don't, again, I don't remember the exact line, but th- yeah. then somebody else maybe says something about, you know, oh, no, and then some, I just remember hearing, like, at the very end, everybody yeah. just is like, shit, and then it yeah. fades to black, <laughs> whatever, but, um, but yes, again, what a, oh, I can't get enough, I, I, I can't believe I have to wait for season three now. So now, you know, looking ahead to to season three, there's so many possibilities because there's the Sparrow Academy and then there's, you know, also the not like we don't know if if the Sparrow Academy is maybe, you know, doppelgangers of, of all of them or if it's been with this whole other group of people, you know, because of the timeline, everything remains to be seen. But, you know, we know that either way they have knowledge that there's probably other kids that were born on that same day so like this whole world has opened up now you know even even without the complication of time travel this whole world of the possibility of other you know super powered you know lost siblings that are out there but then obviously with the time travel element just all bets are off anything can happen yeah, I mean, throughout the season, I, I didn't, I was so pleasantly surprised to to find that Lila's powers were ultimately, you know, like I said, the, an empath. But I knew early in the season, or at least I had a strong feeling that she was, you know, one of the, the children that was born on that day. Having said that, I kept kind of almost feeling that we were headed towards when I when I had made the comment a few times about the handler feeling as if she was the anti Sir Reginald. I almost felt as if she was going to somehow have plucked a bunch of these children out of the timeline and had her own like you know anti Umbrella Academy. Well, yeah, that never played out, but I could certainly see how that's what this Sparrow Academy is. I mean, maybe they're up to nefarious purposes and deeds. Maybe they're um, manipulated for a specific purpose of a, you know, maybe Lila, in hurt and confusion, she goes back and gets an earlier version of the Handler. And maybe for the first time in season three, we see the Handler as a in her original timeline before she's plucked. Maybe that's the only way to right. to pluck her now because she's dead is to get the original. You know what I mean? I mean, there's just, again, once you yeah. involve time travel, you know, it's, there's you can do anything. Infinite possibilities. Cru- I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, I, I mean, this, this has just been a, a unbelievable season. Um, roller coaster ride, baby. Crazy, crazy <laughs> rewatchable. So, um, I'm sure we're going to kind of digest all of this and probably be back um, somewhere down the road with with maybe some bonus episodes. So and uh, you know if there's a comment comment in the in uh, the comments on iTunes and at theshaverbrothers.com your thoughts on the season. Make sure you keep up with us on social media because as news comes about for season three and we start to learn more about what's coming next, we're definitely going to be covering it right here on sir reginald's monocle you better believe it 
So, well, thanks, Dave. It's been awesome doing all these episodes this season with you. I'm looking forward to getting the official announcement for season three. They haven't said anything yet, but uh, we're for sure doing this again. Well, I'll tell you what, I've had an absolutely amazing time. It's been such fun material to deal with. It's been, you know, you, it's always fun to, to go back and forth with you, my brother. And, uh, it's just been a, it's just been a joy. So, uh, but the one thing I would like, I, I believe you might have it with you. Um, but before we go, if you could, uh, maybe one last time, just run down the line of the main characters and the actors that play them. I just think that they've done such a stellar job this year, or in you know this Absolutely. season in particular. So I'd Al- love to get their, you know, give them kudos one last time. Yeah, Ellen Page was was Vanya. Tom Hopper was Luther. God, he was so great. Um, David Castaneda as Diego. Um, Emmy Raver Lampman as Allison. Um, Robert Sheehan is Klaus and, uh, Aiden Gallagher is number five and just Justin Min is Ben. Just... That was the family. And then of course, Colm, Colm Fior was Sir Reginald. Awesome. And then, uh, the, uh, if you could, um, guilty pleasure and the great Kate Walsh as the handler. Yes, definitely got involved her. And we, I know we spoke of Lila, uh, the actress that played Lila, and then um, yep, Ritu area. Uh, Grace, the actress that played Grace. Oh yeah, where's Grace? Uh, Jordan Claire Robbins. Thank you so much. Yeah, they they and again and we and we've even we've not covered everybody, you know, with Elliot and and um, the, the 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 majestic twelves version of the Smoking Man. Oh yeah, and all, all those the things, backup so. people, right. all the I mean everybody Just, involved with this production, and obviously Steve Blackman, to, the the uh, showrunner. Uh, Jared Way, you know, I mean, the source material as well as I, th- I believe he writes on the series. Um, you know, it's just sounds uh, like we're accepting we're accepting an Emmy, Emmy on their behalf. Gerard so. Way, <laughs> if I misspoke, but uh, yes, it's uh, just it's been a great time, and it and and they deserve uh, they deserve all the uh, all the praise. So uh, excuse my gushing. so make sure you also if you if you like this show make sure you come see us on our other podcast back issues where we talk about the greatest comic book stories ever told and go to the shaverbrothers.com that's the source for all of this stuff all the different shows that we're involved in and and uh everything that's going to be coming up in the future so once again thanks for being with us for season two of sir reginald's monocle i'm toby shaver i'm dave shaver See you next time.